When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On today's show, we've got the gift that keeps on giving. That's right, Mikel Arteta's Arsenal. We've got another round of Ole Out and Mo Salah. Myth or legend? Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pod of Two Halves, the pod that brings you all good things football. And guess what, boys and girls? He's risen from the dead. He is back again. It's Mikey Carden Edwards, ably supported by Mr. Thomas Woods. Boys, how's it going? Talk to me. Well, I'm going to go to Mike first, actually, because obviously you're have had you know you've risen from the dead and you're back again with us. Talk to us. <laughs> How is the uh, new Casa working out? Why was I dead? Because I announced you were. Well, I kind of said you were dead, and then I said he's not dead <laughs> last week. So just to you know, maybe put some thoughts into the listeners. You know, they, they have literally risen <laughs> up from the dead. <laughs> just the greatest podcast, Michael. The best thing about this entire thing is that I can see Lee right now, and I don't know if you guys have ever watched Gladiator before, but there's a, a scene where that old fella goes, like a storm, like that. And <laughs> Lee just did the exact mannerisms of that guy when he said, rising from the dead. Um, yeah, I'm fine. Uh, we, I've spent, obviously, the last week moving house. Um, I, built a, I built a sofa. That was fun. Carried lots well, of heavy things. Out. I literally went to a forest, chopped down a tree, carved out some delicious Spanish pine, and uh, made a sofa. Good I mean, let's be real. Even, even though it was obviously not the case, it was IKEA. It's still the most manly thing that you've done, putting a sofa together. Ever. Like, comfortably too. I'm not a very manly person, as you know. And uh, yeah, turns out I, I built things, man. I've been building stuff. Uh, with your we, own you know, fucking are. hands. Literally with you know my what? own hands. This is the thing, you... though. We, we, we used to work together, Woods, like back in the day when we were 16. We used to work in like a, a DIY sort of improvement store of some sort. And we had to build furniture to put on display. And I guarantee you, anything this guy built, 
would be as rickety as fuck. You know, it, it, you know, if it was a bed, don't don't lie on it because you'd be falling through it. You know, if it was a table, you know, don't put any weight on it because it's going to collapse. I, I worry about this sofa. Mate, the sofa is fine, okay? Granted, I use my girlfriend's tools, but that's not the point. The, the, the sofa is, is good. The sofa is comfortable. I've enjoyed many hours on it so far. Uh, but no, everything is good. It is very cold in Madrid. It is very, very cold. I understand it's quite cold in the UK as well. It's been chilly this week, mate. It, yeah, is, uh, it was zero the other day. A goose egg. Big fucking goose egg, goose egg over here. Um, but no, I'm good. I'm very happy to be back on the show. I'm very happy to be back in your lives um, we've obviously had quite an eventful week. I was sorry to miss the Diego Maradona special. Um, obviously, I can't add to anything to what was already said. So I say, you know, good, good show. It was a very fitting tribute to him. And um, yeah, I'm happy to be back. I think Lee's happy you're back because he spent last week just listening to me talking, <laughs> talking, still talking. Talking, talking, talking. That's. A, I mean, I enjoyed it. Like, I was in my fucking element, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> I, I was able to talk for an hour and a half, unopposed. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but good sorry. to have you back, Mikey. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, How are you I with, did also just oh, on that note. I do. I, <laughs> I do want to go on. Yeah. <laughs> We've got another guy on the show we can say hello to, but no, carry on with your No, story. no, I'm more interested in our, our <laughs> Spanish football expert um, bringing us up to speed. Well, this is what I was going to say, I right? So obviously, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm in uh, Madrid now. I, I get to see, whenever I go into a place, there's usually Spanish football on the TV. And um, I watched Match of the Day uh, today just to kind of catch up on what's been going on. But I will say on uh, Saturday, I, I spent the day getting very, very drunk. As you got as I, as I messaged you guys, and I managed to watch some Spanish football with Spanish people. What game and, is that? Uh, Spanish commentary as well. Yes, uh, and to, uh, Barcelona are fucking terrible. That's all I have to say about that. Well, um, they do play with ten men every week because Koeman keeps picking Messi, and Messi gives zero fucks. Zero fucks. Um, but also, um, I, I got some uh, opinions from 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 a, from a fella. Uh, one of my girlfriend's friends, who is a Sevilla fan, and I was getting his viewpoint on the world. Oh. How Spanish people view Manchester United. Oh, this is good. Okay. This is good shit. And uh, he said that essentially, um, Manchester United, obviously Sevilla beat us last year in the uh, uh, the Europa League uh, semi-finals, and um, he said it didn't really matter, no one really cared it was just seen as a, yeah, it's Man United, they're shit now. Oh. That's just literally how we're seen. It's like, and he, That's he goes, um, yeah, he said it's not, like, people just know it's not Man That's United. Really it's just, and then he said straight after that, he said, it's like when we beat Chelsea, like, it wasn't made as a big deal because it's not the Chelsea of back in the day. And you can kind of see that the uh, the star has fallen for both teams. The, so the, who the who are they of, viewing uh, now as the sort of pretty bold for a fucking severe fan to say when they beat <laughs> Chelsea after getting fucking slapped around last week? There's, there's a little nibble, isn't there? Jesus, <laughs> there he is. There he is. Uh, he interest, also did say out of interest, who was like, who is there now? Like, you know, who are they looking at as the shining light of? It's got to be Liverpool, football? isn't it? Right. Um, he views man. He views Liverpool as the Atletico Madrid of of England. Wow. Okay. A team I'm that, sure Liverpool fans would take great offence at that. Yeah. Does that mean because no um, one likes Atletico in Spain? 
other than Atletico? Uh, just because they're not really a big team. They're little brother <laughs> syndrome, aren't they? Right? They're little yeah. brother. That's, yeah. that, that is what they are. Basically, um, it's like... To Everton. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, um, the mighty toffees. <laughs> but I, I will say one other thing is that the... Um, just to, So can you guys guess who this guy said is Sevilla's greatest ever manager? Emery. Uh, so surely Unai Emery, right? Yeah. Nope. He said that Unai Emery is uh, not revered by by the by, by the by the um, by the uh, by the fans. Um, essentially, because Emery was very much a guy that literally has one tactic, and that is it. And he said that Emery struggles to change the course of a game. Really, really, really struggles to change the course of a game with anything he does from the substitute bench. The substitutes bench. He has no idea what to do. He has one tactic, well, and that is it. Uh, Doesn't rate Emery whatsoever. Isn't this a guy that like, delivered? Was it three Europa leagues in a row? Was it? Do you want to know who they're, they're, so they're, they're, obviously he loves, I'm interested. So he loves Lopetegui. Okay. And so why and why he loves Lopetegui is because he ha- he shares the same qualities as who Sevilla basically think is their greatest ever manager. And that is the ability to bring a player off the bench and for that player to change the game. And they, he said their greatest ever manager is Juan de Ramos. Oh, yes. Yeah. Of course, Juan de. And I was like, the Spurs guy... Yeah, because like, that's, of course, who we'd recognise him as, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. And I just found these little... I, I Basically, I was talking about football all evening, and I just I found all these little things very, very amusing. This kind of like v- the views of English football from someone who obviously doesn't watch English football at all, really. And it's just... Uh, yeah, it's very, very amusing. But I did enjoy um, watching Barcelona get beaten, because they are fucking shite. Yeah, I mean... Ronald Koeman. Hmm. You, you must be enjoying this, Lisky, right? I mean, well, I for, for, for the list, you did, you got back to tweeting him. I love it. So that for our listeners that don't know, because you probably don't, um, during his tenure at Everton, uh, Ronald Koeman would get abusive tweets every weekend from Mr. Collard <laughs> as his toffee men would continually disappoint and ruin Lee's weekend um to be it, fair it was though, a hot it was it was the second week though uh, sorry the um the second season that i teared into him because obviously everything then come into money and was spending it lavishly on shite was it the first season of the pod no it was the season before season before disappointing because it would have been good it would have been good yeah um well we're already running over time sorry do we say hello to woods we should have said woods woods are you all good oh, i'm here i'm good i'm good mate look how can I not be, right? Uh, good week. Uh, battered some Spanish team I've never heard of 4-0 midweek. And, um, <laughs> and then also yeah, battered Leeds as well. It's, 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 it's a good time, right? It's a good time. And as if people that do follow the the, uh, the Twitter profile, which I, I would recommend you do, um, I, I pointed out to Leeds fans who obviously were building up to an important match against Chelsea because of the rivalry which stems from the 60s, 70s and obviously a rivalry that was born uh, between Frank Lampard and Bielsa uh, during the championship season that, that Frank was, was there. Um, that Frank Lampard is actually bigger than Leeds United. So that was a good one. <laughs> I did see this. I'm also, just whilst we're talking about our Twitter account, I'll keep getting messages about Pure Jim. Can, can we can we stop using our account oh, for that? Yes, uh, so yeah, what uh, what it was? I froze my membership because I'm like I ain't I going see, to I've no seen. gym. 
<laughs> I'm not going to a fucking gym while there's a pandemic on and they took my money. It's because I use it effectively as my personal Twitter account at this point. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's all good. They, it's amusing they've, they've, just getting those messages uh, come through. It's like, oh, he's trying to freeze his membership again. It's, it's it nice it was frozen. And then when we went back into lockdown, something must have triggered that basically they freeze all memberships. And then, because obviously it all restarted on the 2nd of December, I was expecting... You, viewers are loving this by right, right now. By yeah, I know. Boring, boring, boring. Anyway, it's frozen. It's fine. Well, Move on. The, the listeners are here to hear Mikey obviously come back. And there's no better place to start for that, to get him riled up and all sort of i don't know to be fair i'm gonna say angry because he's, he's one of like you know a smugness because he's called it from the from the outset pretty much so obviously arsenal played tottenham in the big north london rival uh rival uh, uh derby this weekend obviously london rivals that they are um jose done a job on them essentially done a classic jose scored two good goals on the counter and uh they won two nil arteta <laughs> He's uh, he's that that pressure is building. He's, he must be feeling some heat now. Um, Mikey, obviously, we've got your back. You missed out kind of last week on our ramblings about Arteta. I'm sure you you're gonna well, you can't wait to probably get stuck into him now even more so after another defeat. My first task will be to get to know the players better and get them playing the kind of fast flowing attacking football that Arsenal supporters around the world want to see. Fast flowing football. Um, fast flowing football. They've scored ten goals in eleven league games. Um, only Burnley with five, West Brom with eight, and Sheffield United with five have scored fewer goals than our Arteta's side, and they all sit in the drop zone. Um, they appear to think that the way forward is crosses. Uh, now, we all remember yes. a fair few years ago under David, David Moyes' boys, the famous Fulham game where we crossed ourselves to death. Um, now, uh, what, how many were against uh, uh, 32 open play crosses in, in the derby? Uh, 33 against Wolves. And after the Wolves game, he said, I'm telling you that if we do that more consistently, we are going to score more goals. If we put the bodies we had... In certain moments in the box, it's maths, pure maths, and it will happen. Now, the issue is here is that they have in Aubameyang, they have a player that's being paid £350,000 a week, and he literally looks like he has shut up shop. He doesn't want to be there. I mean, I've never seen Aubameyang head a ball in his life. Have you ever seen him score a header goal? He's not got a good reputation for headers, funny enough. Neither um, does the other guy. <laughs> Lacazette. Now, Lacazette. Now, now you, may, you, may, you may sit there and go, well, actually, you don't need to head the ball to, uh, to score a crosses. Yeah? You don't yeah. need to head the ball to score. Uh, Giroud is a great example. He's, the goal he scored against Leeds, classic Giroud. Across the front post, gets a toe on it, near post of the goalkeeper. It's a goal. Yeah? Because of movement. Now, unfortunately, the other guy they've got, Alexander Lacazette up front, uh, negative movement, negative movement from him. I don't know if you happen to see the the, the Derby game. Um, the guy basically stood still the entire time he was on the pitch. No, no off the ball movement. No off the ball movement from him. Um, we, we, I give Anthony Martial a hard time for his for his off the ball movement. I would suggest that if his off the ball movement on the football manager scale is say. 12, 11. Uh, Alexander Lacazette is about a three. 
So essentially, at the moment, we're getting we're getting balls out wide, okay? Because and the reason why the ball is going out wide, let me just let me just say this very clearly now. The reason the ball is going out wide is because they're running out of places to pass it, and typically the ball goes out wide when there's nothing going on in the middle. It's not going on in the middle because there's no fucking movement up front. No one's coming deep for the ball. No one's doing anything to show for the ball whatsoever. So they're always basically Xhaka, party. They're getting the ball and going, well, there's no fucking options, so I'm going to go to the left or the right of me. Compare that with Tottenham Hotspurs, and you saw the likes of uh, Bergvine, Kane, Son, uh, even Lo Celso as well, making space constantly, dragging players out of position, dropping into a hole. Harry Kane, as we know, gets in that hole very nicely these days. Um, Arsenal have literally none of that because there is literally zero movement going on up front. And that can be shown in another stat I've got. Would you like to hear this stat? Because I have yes. another stat. The Feed stat, us. of course, is, is that um, Arsenal average... 55.5 passes before taking a shot. Of obviously the highest in the fucking league. And it's by 55.5 passes before taking a fucking shot. Am, am, am I right in saying that like the second worst is like 45 something like you that? Are, you are. You would be correct in saying that. Yes. So it's, it's worse so, by a am distance. Right, am I right in thinking that Chelsea and Everton are in that top five though? Yes, I think so. For passes before goals. Because I don't know if you've heard, guys, but modern football is all about, is all about quick transition. That is because why teams when you look are at very rigid Liverpool in terms. Are. Yeah. Exactly. Now, now to carry on, to carry on, because obviously we say that you know one of the things that Arsenal fans like to tell you they won the passing, but we won the passing. Well, you may have won the passing, guys, but you're not winning the shooting. You see, because on average, Arsenal seem to create nine point five shots per game which is the joint fourth lowest in the top flight with only Crystal Palace, 9.4, Burnley, 9.2, and of course, Newcastle, 8.5, averaging fewer shots per 90 minutes. And if you're paying £350,000 a week for uh, uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, you spend, what was it, how much do they spend on Lacazette? A good 40-odd million pounds? It was 50-something. 50 something million pounds wow. incredible and obviously you know and somehow Willian is just robbing a living out there how much is he on a week I mean they say a hundred thousand pounds a week but I think with everything else I think it works out closer to 250 plus I think it is isn't it exactly now if you if you've got those guys in your team you want to you'd probably want them to be having more shots per game but it gets better it gets it does get better because if you then look at the um, uh, if you look at the comparison between Emery, okay, so you say, well, actually, okay, we're not we're not scoring more goals, yeah, we're not scoring more goals. Maybe we are conceding less. So, in fact, the whole thing that Arsenal fans will tell you is that well, we're more solid now. Got got a platform to build on. That is, Arteta's that is, got a base. That is, that He's building a base, a foundation. That's yeah? the narrative. Yes, that's what that's what I've heard. As I've heard, would you like to hear some more stats? I, I do. <laughs> okay, excellent. So, um, so Unai Emery's side allowed 14.1 shots per game during his time uh, as manager, whereas Mikel Arteta only allows 11.8 shots per game. So, did, did mine ears deceive me? Is that, is that an improvement? That is an improvement. That is an improvement, isn't it? That's, that's good. That's, that's look, it's looking great. However, <laughs> if you were to... Uh, Deep dive into the two managers' statistics. It shows that actually Premier League rivals are more likely to score against Arsenal's current side, managed by 
Mikel Arteta, the Lego man himself, rather than Emery's, because opponents were likely to score with 9.8% of their chances against Emery's Arsenal side, whereas against Arteta's Arsenal side, they're likely to score with 10.8% of their chances. So what that tells you is maybe they're conceding less shots, but the shots they are conceding are far higher quality. You got any uh, XG against? I, I, dude, I haven't got no XG, just because the last stat I'll leave you on, because it really is the greatest stat there, is, there has ever been, is um, since the beginning of October, Arsenal have had more foul throws than <laughs> Premier League goals. And really, really, that's all we—that's all we can really say, isn't it? Really, when it comes when it comes to that, um, wow. They, oh, well, actually, no, I've got, I've got, that ain't my last stat. I've got more stats for you. Did you know that you know they say football is a game of two halves? I mean, we modelled our entire podcast around that concept, didn't we? Not we did. Um, Arsenal have had the fewest second half shots of any of the ninety-two teams in the PL slash EFL this season. The whole so, football pyramid. The whole entire football league. And now, if we if we uh, if we, if we if we if we go along, I would like to look at Granite Xhaka. Granite Xhaka, ah, okay? the a man a man reborn, you might say. Yeah. Well, when he joined the club in 2016, 2017, quite a long time ago, isn't it? He's been there. We're all a bit surprised, aren't we? So his key passes per ninety minutes. He would make 1.26 a game. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Deep line defensive midfielder, a guy that was a transitioner, you would mm-hmm. say. The next season, 1.07. The next season, 1.43. Wow, it's getting good now. Then it goes 0.55. Okay. Do you know what it is this season under the the, the freedom loving Mikel Arteta? You know, where, where they've got this fulcrum in defensive midfield to quickly transition that, that, that the defense from attack to these high-paid strikers that they have and all this money. He is now on 0.13 key passes per 90 minutes. Um, Could we argue a couple of things there with Xhaka, though? Obviously, you've highlighted one in terms of the movement in front of him. But the guy is like, you know, he's been on a downward trend ever since he's been at the club. Like, his confidence, he's... And his positioning in terms of where he is on the full pitch has always kind of regressed anyway, along with his ability, I feel. Look, I mean, just, there, there just is... highlight the, 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 No, but the, the one thing I would say, right, the one, the one thing I would say about this entire Arsenal thing, and I apologise, Woods, that I've completely steamrolled this entire segment. Just no, I, I've, in, I've embraced it and enjoyed it's it. It's fucking Arsenal, mate. It amuses the shit out of me. Um, you sent over something really interesting earlier on, and that was to do with Aaron Ramsey. Yes. Um, quick stat attack for you. The last stat of the day for me, hopefully. Uh, Aaron Ramsey's last two seasons at Arsenal, 17 goals, 20 assists in 4,637 minutes. So basically he was giving you a goal or an assist every 125 minutes. Okay. Goal or, goal or an assist every 125 minutes. Okay. Arsenal's entire midfield, their entire midfield since Aaron Ramsey left the club is a goal or an assist every 626 minutes. It's damning, isn't it? It, it? There's two things this means, okay? It means that the players that are at Arteta's disposal aren't very good, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or it means that he's got them playing dog shit football. I think it's a mixture of two. Say, well, you combine the two. Personally, 
I think it's a, it's a mixture of the two. Um, I don't think the squad is very good. They've got a lot of youth in there. Uh, I mean, but they've made baffling trans- truck. They've made baffling decisions in the boardroom level. Why they signed Cedric? Why they signed David Luiz? Why they didn't let Ainsley Maitland-Niles go when when I think Wolves wanted him for fifteen million pounds? A guy that now doesn't get in the team. Why they're spending that much money on William? Why I, I can understand them giving Abamyang the contract because the fans would have fucking wanted cronk his head on a, on a on a pike. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. On a spike, a pike. We'll go with pike. Sounds Pike's cool. Pike's good. That's right. Yeah. Um, the, the, these decisions. Uh, Thomas Party is a great bit of business, right? However, however, how fucking ever? Why did no one else go for him at the price he was at? It's always been in the back of my mind a bit. I mean, I've I've said my piece about Thomas Partey. I've never witnessed this um, greatness that Arsenal fans would have you believe. I think he's a good, he's a fine player, but I I don't believe that he's the second coming of Patrick Vieira right. as some people would have you believe. I've got one last thing to talk about with Arsenal, and it's the same thing I sent you guys through the other day, and I would like you guys to answer me the questions that I'm going to pose to you. Okay. Okay. So. What, what is the most appalling atrocity committed under Arteta's rule? Okay? Mm-hmm. I'd like you to just let me know which one you think is the worst. So, number one. Gave a 32-year-old Willian a three-year, 220 grand a week contract. So, on this one, I believe that um, upstairs, Edu, who uh, was obviously a player um I, I always felt kind of a bit of a passenger in that uh, invincible team but a player that played in that team obviously um it's like it would be like us having quinton fortune as our yeah, director yeah, of yeah basically that's my yes yes exactly that kind of a player that kind of like he's not held in or ollie gonna solskjaer as the manager <laughs> <laughs> but by all accounts he's got very close links with keir jarabchin uh, in fact i think keir might be his personal agent and uh, Willian is a Kia client. And as, oh. we go through, as we go through this, you will see a trend occurring. So, doing, with... <laughs> so yes. doing what's best for the club then. Okay, good. Okay. Yes. Because I heard that when Adu was appointed, that he was the answer. That's what I heard. I, yeah. Um, I heard a lot of this. I heard a lot of crowing from Arsenal fans. There anyway, was a, they love to lot. crow about anything. I mean, they, they, do. they do. There's a lot of crowing regardless, isn't it? It's like when they signed Willian, he, he was Chelsea's best player. Uh, they were like, "Thank you for uh, our best so, signing our, our best players." Like, yeah, no, uh, we've had seven years of watching this guy um, enjoy one in seven performances. Yeah. Uh, so, William, three-year, two hundred twenty week uh, grand a week contract. Then we've got sold an inform Emiliano Martinez to a rival team and kept Bert Leno. Now, you guys know my feeling on Leno. I do yeah, not rate I mean, him whatsoever. I got to say. Um, oh, God, what was it this weekend? Who was the last game they played against? They were, I felt he was culpable for the second goal. Um, was it Wolves that they played? Wolves, yeah. Was it Wolves? That, that, I think that the shot... Yeah, yeah, there was a shot kind of straight at him and he just spilt it straight out into the... It, for me, that's a goalkeeping error leading to a goal and that's kind of his uh, reputation. It was his reputation coming from Germany. I, I think they were in a difficult position because you've got to remember, with Emi Martinez, he was a nobody before Leno got hurt, right? And then Martinez came in and performed exceptionally. And then they had a choice to make. Which side do we go with? And I guess what they looked at, they went, well, we've got, a, we've got more data 
on Leno and we know what we're going to get. With Emmy, we're not too sure. 20 million comes in for a player that ultimately was worth 10% of that four months earlier for a club that, we, as we know with Arsenal, pinched the pennies. It was a deal that they had to do. So I don't kill them for that. I, I probably would have stuck with Emi Martinez. That's my feeling. Football manager, mate, I'm selling the guy that's worth more money if the other guy's playing better than him. Just yeah, doing, just and I think the, that they would have the liked to have sold Leno. I think if they'd got an offer that worked for them for Leno, I think that they probably would have. But um, I don't think they're getting an offer in that sort of same price no. for Leno. So I, I don't kill him for that one. Uh, let Henrik Mkhitaryan leave on a free. Five goals and four assists and ten for only the season. Their best player. Yeah, I mean, he's garbage at Arsenal. Mike, you, you know, you know that this guy couldn't cut it in the Premier League. Yeah, I know. But we are looking at a team with zero creativity whatsoever. Yeah, but that's that, that's there's another reason for that. I'm assuming that's on the list. Uh, gave a 31-year-old at Bamiyang three-year, 350 grand a week contract, two goals in 11 Premier League games so far. His worst return in a league games for 10 years. I think you highlighted Again, though. Why you highlighted? Yeah, you, highlight. you had to. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I two think fronts though, in terms of not getting the supply, and when the supply is coming in from the you know from the wings, and he's having to try and head it in, which is not his strongest attribute, it's all, it's always going to be. And he's being played on the left wing anyway. Exactly. So it's always like, the, the, the failure. The failure in Aubameyang isn't giving him a contract. I don't think that Arteta sees him in his system. I don't believe that he thinks he's the striker that he wants. But at the same time, they could not get the funds in for selling him this summer and they couldn't afford to let him leave for nothing. So ultimately that deal had to be made. But I do question how you bring in a manager and sit him down in an interview room and kind of he goes, well, you know our best goal scorer, I don't know how the fuck to use him. At that point you go, well, the interview's over then because he's going to be here, this player. He's our star striker. So unless you can tell me how you're going to get him putting the ball in the back of the You know what's really weird of it? The weird thing is that it felt for a moment under Arteta that he'd found a way to get Aubameyang into goal-scoring opportunities. It seems that they play slowly out the back, draw teams in, hit on the counter, flip the ball, so predominantly down the right side, and flip the ball diagonal to Aubameyang, who's just standing there up against the full-back, and the full-back would just shit his pants and let him cut inside and score goals. I, I think what's happened there is that teams have gone, well, this is easy to defend against. Don't leave the full-back on his own. Yeah. And now they're dead. Like, and the thing is, is that with Aubameyang, for all his qualities, he's got no ability to beat a man. No. None. FYI, Manchester United 2 nil down after 27 minutes. Um... Hey. <laughs> uh, next one, we've got um, a, resi- a re-signed uh, Ceballos on loan at a cost of £6 million, despite having presumably never seen him play. Ceballos looked finished. like He didn't look like... And then he had a strong end to the season, I think you could argue, under Arteta, where they... Grey had... hair. He's obviously cut it all off, mate, as well. Um, mm. Maybe that's, that's what's going on there. I, I, the, Ceballos is a strange one, because obviously he was very highly regarded... Um, Coming off a strong, I think, uh, was it a European a youth European Championships? Mm-hmm. Uh, so there, there was quality known there. Um, it's free now. Um, <laughs> you know what? He might lose his job, mate. Oh, let's say he might so, actually mate. lose his job. Let's uh, hope so. so this might be the, the the evening that Mikey gets his Manchester United back. Um, oh. I, I I found it bizarre, but I kind of think what's happened is this window wasn't optimal for, for Arsenal to go out and get players because of the financial situation they were in. And then they obviously went, well, bring a warm body back. So I'll rifle through these next few. 
resigned David Luiz for another year. Signed Cedric Suarez on a permanent basis after he managed to play 250 minutes of football during his six-month loan spell due to injury. Favours to agents, um, both of those two. Has deliberately started Granit Xhaka 39 times since taking over as manager. Um, hasn't taught Hector Bellerin to do throw-ins. Well, he also hasn't um, taught Hector Bellerin how to cross a ball. And considering that's their most attacking weapon at the moment, yeah, slightly worrying. Um, they've created the fewest chances in the Premier League this season, despite having the aforementioned money spent on the attackers, or can literally find nothing to do with a World Cup winning three hundred and fifty grand a week player. Yeah. I think this is. I think this is such a, a derelict of duty. I think this is. I think they should. They should bring criminal charges against. Mikel Arteta for this. What he's doing is a crime. It is a crime against football. It's a crime against justice. It's a crime against humanity. Okay? I am disgusted with how little respect is being, is being thrown around to, to Mesut Ozil. The guy, you know what you're going to get with him, all right? He doesn't move very fast. He doesn't do the most defensive work. But when you are an up team like Arsenal, when all you have is basically a bunch of cloggers... They can do the work for him. I yeah, no. You your own question then in terms of I'm what's my, the most damning is that one. We, we, t- we touched on it with Aubameyang. When you sit down in an interview room with a new coach and you go through what the plans, you know, explain to us how you see the team. Um, we say about getting Aubameyang playing, but number one is how are you going to get our £350 a week star man performing to the levels that we need him to to justify that price tag that we're paying him um, and uh, Arteta's just simply decided to leave him at home playing Fortnite and that's... Do, you remember when, like, do you remember when last season when Arteta came in and they actually looked quite decent for a bit and Ozil played a lot of games and he, he did decent-ish and Arsenal were doing well and then that all I, changed I think Arteta's a weird one I think his personality is slightly strange um, I think we touched on this last week I think he th- he's a bit of a Tim Pot t- dictator, right? I think that he likes to to be the guy, and I think he thinks. Remember when Steve McLaren ditched David Beckham? <laughs> you know what I mean. You know when he came in, he was like, "I'm going to make a stand here. I'm going to make a big impact." David Beckham, you're no longer playing for England, and it went to shit. And he had to go back and beg Bex to come and play and try bailing him out to get to the European Championships. I kind of feel what he's done here is to he's coming and gone. Culture, 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 and he's trying to force this stance uh, and ultimately he sees Ozil as being this anti-culture to what he wants and he's ex- made an example of him so do you think and I just think it's to the detriment do you say so do you think he would do Steve McLaren then, and then actually call him back in the future Surely I think he the might. run ca- carries on as it is yeah come January I think they can re-register him because he's not registered am I right he's not I heard he can't be registered until February well wow well, and that's fucking stupid, isn't it? He might not have right, it's so stupid. Um, but oh, not, I hear he's off the to Fenerbahce anyway, right? That's that's the talk. Is that it? Yeah. Um, but um, it may well be too late by that point. I know it, it, the thing with Arsenal; they're in a horrible position because um, what, what do you do? Right, you've brought in a young manager who has zero experience. Right, you can you can point at going Ollie Frank, um, and remember, remember, Arsenal fans were telling you that this guy was better than both of them. Now go have a look at the Premier League table. Regardless of what your feelings are on those two, they're both at the top of that table. Mikel Arteta is fighting Burnley to stay in the Premier League at the moment. 
Um, and this is the risk that you take with bringing in a manager who has zero managing experience. Thus, he has zero experience how to handle big characters, big egos, players, right? Because he wasn't doing that at Man City. Pep Guardiola was doing that at Man City. Like he said, he was the cone boy. And that's what I think we're learning here. He was the cone boy that came in with a spreadsheet probably detailing Pep Guardiola's tactics that he took a snapshot on his, his iPhone, drew it all out and said, I'm a genius. And it, I think he's been exposed. I think... It, it, it baffles me a bit, though, because then I look back at... And I, I don't get hung up with it, but like the Manchester United performance was a tactically brilliant performance, right? It, 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 he completely baffled I, United. I, 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 but, I, but I said This will time, lead us on to our next point, right? Because I think the next item that we're going to talk about is, is Ollie. But was it more just the fact that Ollie is fucking clueless tactically, thus... Yeah. I said that at the time. I said that at the time. We know what Arteta's going to do. We know how they play. Why is it a fucking surprise? But the thing... Lee, Lee, Lee introduce what we I just want to touch on one thing, though. The, the thing is, going back to the tactical thing, right? So we, we, he got lauded for his Manchester United performance. How he went into this game against Tottenham, which everyone fucking knows what they're going to do, right? Because that's why Frank set up a, a, a differently against Tottenham the week before and completely nullified Kane and Son. You just have to stop them being able to do that. Letting Kane get into the pocket, and Son running on behind him, and Kane feeding him in, and that counter-attack coming in. You just have to kill it. Arsenal just played into their hands. The second goal, I know Partey's walking off the field injured, but where the fuck is is Shaka uh, disappearing off to? Like, he's so amateur. Charging and that, that, to me, is the most damning thing, that tactically... Is a very easy tactic in many ways to play against, which is just do not let them fucking counterattack. They just basically didn't do that. But then if they do, then do do that, and then they just do what they do in terms of just sitting back and just playing possession football and not having any impetus. You're just going to get a nil nil, and that's pretty not going to appease yeah. the fans either. I I get what you mean. Um, and there was a, an element of that, obviously, with the Chelsea game. But Chelsea did create chances and could have won the game. But ultimately, nil nil was better than what they put That's out on true. the pitch. True. So uh, now they're in a difficult position because they're committed to this guy, right? And where do they go otherwise? Well, I've, I've, I've heard. How long can they can be committed to him for, though? You know, surely. Well, they've got Burnley coming up. Uh, then they've got Southampton. Then they've got Chelsea, I believe. These, these are not they easy football matches. They've got, a, they've got a relegation six-pointer coming. They, they have. I mean, it's, it's insane to say. But like, they, they've got such an important must-win game this However, weekend. It's stupid. Just to, you know, I mean, all it takes if they... I mean, it's, it's hard to envisage it, but if they were to win two or three games, they do go shooting up the table because the table is yeah. compact. So it's laugh, it It's all right laughing and saying they're either down 15th, but that can easily change within a couple of wins. Just, but wait, where, where are you seeing this coming? Yeah. That's the thing, you just don't see where the win... All, 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 my, my thing with Arsenal is the same thing... Dude, it's the same thing I've been saying for since Arteta was here. It's all very well being able to counter-attack. Counter-attacking is an easy, an easy thing to do. Putting men behind the ball, playing five at the back and relying on pace to score goals. Shit teams do that. Mm. It's when you now have to start playing football and start inventing and start dictating a game. Not off the ball, but on the ball. And I ain't seeing them do it. I just don't see them do it. I don't see where it's coming from. They haven't got the personnel. They haven't got the personality in that team. I just don't see what's going. I don't see where it comes the from. Gamble being, I I, the gamble of being little Pep or Pep's, you know, the teacher learning from the perfect teacher is just not paying off. That's the thing. That was that was the gamble, in, hoping that you know they were going to get literally Pep Mark II. It was. It was literally that. And by all accounts, he does interview well. 
Um, my understanding is that he he talks very well in he's, the he's interview. Very, That's how he's, when he's in, 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 in his interviews. He comes across very well. There's, there's, there's he's no now idea. starting to, to 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 sound like a madman though, because he's talking at utter bollocks. You know what I mean? Like now he's talking <laughs> he and it's like chatting jive, mate. <laughs> mate, that's Roberto Martinez territory. But anyway, let's move yeah. on. Let's go from one inept manager to another. <laughs> I say inept. The geezer, Oli Solskjaer. I mean, he's losing tonight. Was it three nil? Who who are you playing? By so it's two nil. The goal got disallowed. I, I didn't want to kind of, but it's, it's two nil. Oh, what are you it? doing? I thought. <laughs> disallowed for off it was a it was a VAR disallowed goal um, we, 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 so, laugh, still we, we laugh and joke saying that you know you could be sacked and obviously because there's a Champions League game however in the Premier League I think is it five in a row now where they've come from losing positions to go on to win the games and that obviously yeah that's sustainable <laughs> <laughs> Straight in there. Um, well, that's, you, you've probably nailed it on the head. It's not probably going to be sustainable, is it? You know, you can't keep conceding goals and going down to teams and expecting to dig dig a hole out and get out of the situation every time. So, well, the question that Woods, Woods wanted to ask was: Are we not giving enough praise to Solskjaer, or is it his own fault for putting it, putting Man United in that position in the first place? Is it because he's is he just getting a bit? I got lucky? to answer this. Is he is he getting right, lucky? Because let's face it, right. Um, we, we lost him last week. We didn't have him last week, right? So we've got to give the fans what they want. They wanted, they wanted the Arteta talk. Now they want the Oli talk, right? We're giving them what they want. It, it's, it, look, it's, it's a fair question, right? Um, he's he's beaten Paris. He murdered Leipzig. Um, he's getting murdered by Leipzig at the moment. That's irrelevant, right? That that's that's not. It's not even half time yet. And if there's one thing we know about Oli. Is he's got that well, he's got that row, Uncle Fergie genes, right? He's got he's got Fergie in his blood, mate. He's he's gonna go in there and they're gonna have the comeback. It's set up. You know, and we're all gonna have to eat some humble. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it was a genius move at half time against West Ham because what he did was he managed to not be 3 0 down despite the fact they should have been 3 0 down at half time and then brought on Bruno Fernandez to bail him out. Which is basically the tactic since January. Bruno Fernandes is the best player we have by a thousand million miles. He's the reason I love Bruno Fernandes with all of my heart, but he's the reason that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has a job. It's true. I've never been more conflicted in my life. (laughs) And the thing is with that, though, as well, is that you've criticised him in the past, Solskjaer, for keep playing Fernandes every week and basically run him into the ground. So he does finally give him a rest. So you can't blame him for doing that. No, no but I, then... don't, I don't blame him for doing it at all, but it just goes to show we, we've got one guy in our dressing room who almost refuses to be pigeonholed. You know what I mean? He, refu- he sets his own standard. He doesn't conform to what's going on around him. We've got one player that does that, maybe Cavani, maybe Cavani as well. Um, and it shows as soon as you take out the leader that is Bruno Fernandes, the rest of the team just goes to absolute fucking pot. It's, just, it's dog shit, mate. We were utterly gubbins against West Ham. We were fucking awful. I, I've, I think we were on, what, 40 minutes gone. I, I felt fairly sober. By the time the second half kicked off, I was cooking. <laughs> that's how, that's how it's going to enjoy Manchester United these days, isn't it? I was like, Garçon, Jack, Jack, Jack Daniels and Coke, please. Pardon. <laughs> Because um, I think it's, it's a fair statement because I, I think that Manchester United are getting themselves out of these situations due to pure inspiration on Bruno Fernandes' part. Like, he, he's just such a high character individual that he's able to 
will United to results that they just simply don't deserve. You look throughout the season, they've had results which they just simply haven't deserved. And then you look at how have they managed to do that and it's just Bruno Fernandes. Even Southampton, I know that Cavani got the two headers, but it was due to Bruno Fernandes. Um, The the, the game against um, Everton, where Everton were in the ascendancy at the start of the game. Bruno Fernandes was like, then enough of this shit, and then basically took the game over and then ultimately won the football match. It's Bruno Fernandes. And I know there's no shame, like, Good teams have good players that are capable of moments of magic that make the manager look good, right? It's, it's happened time and time again. It's ultimately why uh, Tottenham are up where they are because, um, you know, we talk about Arteta playing dog shit football. Mourinho is playing even worse dog shit football. It's just that he's got Harry Kane and Hong Min Son uh, who are two fantastic I enjoyed that a lot of words. I was, gonna, I was wondering, he said Harry... <laughs> Bitterest man in the living room. <laughs> Look, I still love Jose. I'm not bitter about it at all. Um, but it's... I think it's more damning the first half performance because it wasn't like he put out a poor team, right? you got Donny van der Beek and Paul Pogba playing in midfield. you got Edinson Cavani playing up front. And we've been, like, we're not we've talking been about for van der Beek as well to actually make yeah. an appearance. We're yeah, but the issue is, is that none of them looked like... But they didn't have a fucking clue what they were doing. And that's the damning thing, right? There was no... There was no rhythm, tempo, game plan, idea about what the opposition was going to do. They had no idea how to play against them. Um, I read a lot of things from fans saying that oh, against Southampton that we we nullified them. And I was like, no, we didn't. No, we didn't. We played a dodgy formation, which gave basically... Um, who's that Who's that right back that, that Southampton have got? Walker Peters. Walker Peters. Walker Peters. We made him look like Cafu. He had the, he had the run of the fucking... run of the entire flank. I was like, what's, what's going on here? And it's, it's just, I am tired of going into games and our game plan is, okay, keep it as steady as we can until, until our players react or we can react to something. We are, we are such a reactive team. We're never, we, we never do any, we do nothing proactive. We do not, we don't ever lead the play. We don't ever dictate proceedings. It's always real reacting. And even if we manage to score a goal, it's then that we only then kind of see it out because we're reacting to the fact that we actually scored a goal. You know what I mean? Mm. And it's been, to be honest with you, it's been like that for a little while before, before Solskjaer. I remember under Mourinho, we would be scattergun until we scored. And if we scored, it was like, okay, oh, we're all, we're, we're fine. We, you know, we can actually play football now, but it's just, it's the same, the same, always the same. It could also be an and, element of, um, you know, going goal or two goals down and then allows you to then your players to then go, fuck it, we're going to do what we want to do. Play on those moments of inspiration and individual brilliance as in they need, now need to go out and salvage the game or get something from the but game. This is it. But, the, but, this, but this is the problem, right? Is that Mourinho has spent a career relying on players' moments of inspiration, right? He gives them a game plan and he sets them up so that either Cristiano Ronaldo... Mesut Ozil back in the day, uh, Eden Hazard, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. One of these guys can go and do something when the game is tight. And he will make sure that his team is in there to a point where the game is still tight. Uh, And for Spurs, he makes sure that Spurs are always in the game so that Harry Kane and Son can do something. Inspiration so they can win the game. That is Jose Mourinho's game plan to a fucking T. Keep him side in it. Don't go behind. Someone up front does something great. Now, that's fine, but... Man United are all over the fucking show all of the fucking time. So we never we don't keep it tight and then hope for some inspiration. I said this before when Mourinho was manager. I'm tired of just going into a game and hoping. 
and hoping that something goes well and not ever feeling confident. You go, you look at Man United now and it's like we could be playing Man City, we could be playing Burnley, Newcastle, Leipzig, Juventus, Paris. It doesn't fucking matter who we play against. You have absolutely no I fucking idea what Man United are turning up. It doesn't matter even matter the personnel. It doesn't matter who we put out. It doesn't matter what system we play. You have not a fucking Scooby what you're about to watch. That may sound fun in games for the neutral, and by all accounts it is. Right? It is. For a fan, it's fucking miserable, because it's like, you, Lee, you know this better than anyone. You don't like getting your hopes up, right? No. You know me too well. <laughs> Bro, not a clue how to get... I, I, I don't look forward to Manchester United games anymore, because there's, it, it goes two ways. We watch them be utter dog shit and then scab a result. And then I have to hear Man United fans crowing about, oh, told you so. And it's like, okay, if that's what you want for, you want us to scab results all the time. Okay. Or we play utter dog shit and lose. And then it's, uh, then you kind of get your hopes up a little bit because you think, right, that was dog shit. That was a miserable 90 minutes. But at least maybe it's not going to carry on too much longer until two weeks later when the pressure's really on, we then randomly play really well. And then he's safe again for the next fucking three months. That's the life of a Man United fan right now. And I will say, the result against Leipzig, people keep telling me that it was an incredible game. I said on this show, after that game, that that, that was a glossy, very, very glossy scoreline. And that happens with United a lot when we we do score goals. Yeah, I think you said they down tools, Leipzig. Uh, they gave us like they gave us the majority of the goals from individual errors and mistakes. Yeah. Um, and again, it was just we happened to have flashes of brilliance. It never, none of it came from our own good play or tactical innovation. It was none of that. It was just oh, let's just hope that Bruno Fernandes does something again or Rashford, you know, has a shot and it actually goes in for a change. It's just yeah, it's miserable. Get him out of the. Well, you're club. making up for that being away last week. What were your thoughts on? Just whole, well, like he's ranting about. On social, look, he's he's he basically. I'll I'll summarize it like this: I hope he stays forever. <laughs> that, that's you know, and, and ultimately, that says enough, isn't it? Well, it supports what Michael says, doesn't it? Because you know, being a Man United fan, because they'll never win anything. Everyone else, is they'll great. never win anything significant with with Oli Solskjaer because he's right. I think Manchester United actually have quite a talented group of players. I, but, I think that. I think that I, although they didn't get Sancho this summer and we, that was going to cost a quarter of a billion uh, pounds, so I think that United um, had a pretty good summer. The players that they brought in, some of it felt a bit rushed, but nonetheless, I think they've got a good group of players. You mentioned it last um, week I think that well. they've got some good character players in there. I just think that they've got a manager that's incapable of devising a tactic that gets the maximum out of them. I think they, they've got one player in Bruno Fernandes that basically goes onto a pitch and says, fuck what he said, I'm jailbreaking this, I'm playing how I need to play to win this football match. Uh, and, you know, we'll get on to this, I'm, I want to talk touch on this because there's a reason why Paul Pogba wants to go. He's had enough of fucking clowns in charge at Manchester United. He's done with this shit. He doesn't want to fucking go onto a football pitch and look like a bellend, basically. Um, he's, he's fed up and that's what you know, the timing is dreadful which is peak Mino Riola he's, 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 he's gone mm. United have two massive fixtures this week so I'm going to basically drop this right now for maximum effect um, I think if Man- Man- I go back to I, I still feel Manchester United let him down because I still think that's a good footballer people can say he's the most overrated player etc et I just think that a top manager gets top performances out of a top individual like Paul Pogba but I think it might be too late for Manchester United because 
I just think they're going to keep sticking with it because it just feels like you said it feels like um, a wave, right? It was against Everton. It felt like the wave of negativity was coming. He's going. He's finally going to go. This is it. This is it. They're going to go into Goodison and they're going to get exposed and that's going to be it. And Pochettino's going to come in and then they turn up and Bruno Fernandes wills a victory and then all he's out there smiling at that full time basically uh, with a, uh, a proved you proved you all wrong look on his face. Um, and if you go, can you just break down how that, how that worked today? And he'd go, I haven't got a clue, uh, Bruno Fernandes. But the thing is, yeah, you do keep muttering. You said, I think, last week on the pod and also in the group as well. You're not ruling Man United out of the title. So, regardless no, of the which is insane. tacticless but or I... talentless Solskjaer, whilst you've got Bruno <laughs> Fernandes, you still think yeah. they're in the running. Look, I don't think anyone's really in the running other than Liverpool based on this weekend. Um, but I, it'd, be, it'd be pretty hypocritical of me to kind of sit here and go, uh, Tottenham and Chelsea are in the running. Well, Manchester United, who... Um, will go level on Chelsea if they win their game in hand, go, absolutely fucking not, right? Because I still think that they've got players in uh, in that team that can win football matches on pure inspiration. And sometimes that's enough. Yeah, we are witnessing. It isn't... Mikey's right. It's not sustainable. Um, you know, going into these games and dropping... Like, they should have been 3-0 down at half-time against West Ham. And then you have this. If it wasn't pool. for Halaire just mysteriously falling over, I mean, what was oh, that? that was about? so bizarre, mate. The but then also, like, the, fir- the, the equaliser, the ball went out of play. Uh, the fact that there was no camera angle to be able to overrule it is, is the sole reason. Um, but you know, it's. I just. I, I'd be concerned if a top manager came in and took over Manchester United that I look at that group of players and go, yeah, they, you know, they're good. They're good players. Hmm. Um, and they could go somewhere with a good manager. It would worry me. It generally would. It'd be very disappointing because um, I've enjoyed the last seven years of just turgid United. You know, I spent I spent the first twenty odd years of my life watching Manchester United be perennial uh, contenders or winners. Uh, it's been a nice change. Although I kind of now look at it and go, "Well, actually, I preferred United winning stuff than Liverpool." I was about to say because now you've got uh, Liverpool winning the title, so it's not much. You got <laughs> yeah, one, no, no. one chip sandwich for another. You know, great. Thanks. Um, well, Michael, I think you've already given us your, your good rantings about United. Let's. Let's move on. I mean, we mentioned Liverpool. Liverpool ran right against uh, Wolves, didn't they? Uh, they did. 4-0. Um, we want to touch upon a, a certain guy that features in this Liverpool team, a certain guy that happened to score in the game and also assist. Um, Salah, that, that basically gave him his uh, 84th Premier League goal, uh, equaling a certain Mr Cristiano Ronaldo in terms of you know the same amount of Premier League goals, but he's done it in like 60-odd, I think 65 less games. We obviously don't speak about Mo Salah at the moment in the same sort of realms of Cristiano Ronaldo. Do we give him enough credit? Are we are we are we tight? Is it because he's is it because it's us boys because we're anti Liverpool or is it because you know it's Mo Salah and you know we just never kind of got on board with him? I can't I can't read the thing is I feel I feel that I um I feel I've been overly critical on him. I've always felt that he's a player who profits from playing in a team that create lots of opportunities and he's very gun-happy. Like, he takes a lot of shots and scores a lot of goals. Uh, but then I kind of watched him a bit more this season. I'm like, actually, he's really good. That didn't happen like, he's Wolves. a really, really good footballer. Wolves, he, and I think yeah. that I've sorry, sorry, been guilty of underrating him. Sorry, I will let you talk. Yeah, no, go ahead, mate. No, I, yeah, no, go say, ahead. Sorry. No, I completely agree, because I, I remember well, watching the game. It's the only game of football I actually watched on, on, uh, on Sunday. It was against Wolves. And you're looking at Mo Salah, you took his goal very well on the back of some poor defending. But he, did, he didn't actually have that many sort of out-and-out chances in, in the game. But his all-round play, I thought, was really good. The way he brought other players into the game. Mm. 
His link play was decent. The ball, he set up a, a great goal as well. Like the ball was a nice measured, sort of trimmed, but with a decent amount of pace into a dangerous area. You know, I, I sorry, I just kind of I know I've overstepped what you were saying, but no, no, I, I completely agree. Like I've probably got him with the uh, same thoughts of that he, he loves he loves a shot. That's how he gets all his goals, especially in his first season at Liverpool. But yeah, I think this season he's he's not sort of getting as uh, sort of as many chances. But he's still, I don't know, he's still being Mo Salah and scoring goals. But then also there is that other thing as well with Mo Salah, and that's his diving. Does that does that take it's away a little bit? Does it take a little bit away from him as well because he does flop hard. He does, but so does Harry Kane. And I'll sit here and say that Harry Kane's the best player in the Premier League. Um, I do think that Salah probably gets more stick for his um, flamboyance in in those moments than than others. But then again, I also do think that he's probably got more highlight real moments when it comes to throwing himself to the ground. So it's it's, it's disappointing, right, with with Salah, and it's disappointing with Kane. I get it; it's part of the game. It's how you win penalties. I, I do think it's more on the. I've the got officials. the loudest chair in the world, by the way. I'm sorry. <laughs> I do think it's more on the officials to be able to see through uh, minimal contact, throwing himself to ground uh, and not giving penalties for these decisions. So while the referees are giving them, it's hard to be overly critical of it. But I just think as a player, I think he's improved. I do think he's improved. You know, going to the, to the question, where does he uh, feature? Is he a Premier League legend? I think the problem for me to be able to say that is I'm, I'm a grown-up now, right? And a lot of these guys that I see as legends were people that, I admired when I was younger. You know, um, you kind of go all the way back to uh, players like Shearer, Cantona at the, the, the start of the Premier League and then you go through and you've had players like Keane, um, Beckham, um, and Lampard, Gerrard, Skulls, all these players. And get to Cristiano Ronaldo and then you start to become an adult and it sort of means less to you in a way. Like you don't tend to be... I, I, I find it difficult to be able to put Salah into that group. You know... <laughs> But then again, he probably does deserve to be. I don't think he's at the top echelon with like Thierry Henry legendary status. I think he's probably a tier below. It's probably harsh in amongst with against like we you know we're comparing the using the stat of Ronaldo because Ronaldo started at you know his career mm. at Man United. But he's he Cristiano young. Ronaldo, a Premier League legend. Is he a Premier League legend? To make Man United fans, of course. But, but we like, saw um, his best years. We saw a season. I will give you that. But then. He literally went on to dominate La Liga, whereas we never witnessed yeah. that in the Premier League. I mean, he said, I, I remember one season where he won the league for United, which seemingly felt on his own. Um, he definitely had those moments. And maybe, again, it's because of how old I was when those moments were taking place, that they live with me more. Um, you know, there's the Fulham game and the West Ham game that stick in my mind. Those, those, get, those important goals in games which mattered to them winning the title. And with Mo Salah... It's all sort of blurred into one a little bit. Um, I, I just can't really pick out, other than the goal against Chelsea, right? That's the one that they, they'd hang, oh, and, and the City one, but I think that was in, I don't think that was in the Premier League, it might have been. But those, those are the two goals that stick in my mind about it. I, um, I guess you could argue the United goal. The one where Everton they won well, the league. Yeah, yeah. Chance. I mean, the one, that, the one that literally won him the, the uh, Puskas Award, yeah. It's, it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, I, like I said, I probably wouldn't have him tier one. I think he's tier two, um, probably along with, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of comparable players. Would I put him on a par with Cristiano? I think Cristiano was a better player. 
I do. Um, well, we're talking about a guy that's... I'm, I'm, and I'm talking about... I'm not talking about what came after. I'm, right, I'm talking okay. about him at Manchester United. I, I think that Cristiano was a better player at Manchester United than, than what Mo Salah is at Liverpool. I think the game sort of evolved a little bit. I, I, I do think that Cristiano Ronaldo in that team would have been scoring mad goals as well, uh, much as Mo Salah. I, I, I don't know what your opinion is, Mikey, of it. It's the difficult thing between... Um... Mo Salah is a system player. Mm. It, it's the the system is the thing that is that makes the success for the most part for Liverpool. He's, he's an incredibly talented guy, and he's he's incredibly good. I, I would agree with you in saying that he's in the tier two. Um, the with Ronaldo, it was more of a um, Ronaldo. It was all about him. You know what I mean. It doesn't. Ronaldo is a player that you could put him in any team in the world, and especially at that match, when he was uh, like the last season. United, he could play in any system, any team in the world, and he'd probably score you 30, 30 40 goals a season. You know what I mean? Um, with Salah, I would suggest that he needs this particular way. He needs to have Firmino and Mane with him in that system to behave and f- to function. Um, I feel like he's a very, very good player. I remember. Um, so I did. I remember saying this in the pod about a year ago when I kind of said he's actually better than I thought he was. Mm. Um, and that was a, a year or two ago, a year and a half ago. I was kind of like, he's actually quite good, isn't he? Um, and it's disappointing because you don't want to admit it. Because well, we were we like hate Harry Kane when he first burst onto the scene. We were like, no, it's just one season. Let's see how he gets. But with Harry, yeah, but with Harry Kane, there's the, I think with Harry Kane, it's the it's the worry that it's an English player. And you don't want to overhype English players. You want to get your hopes up. With Mo Salah, it's like you don't want to give him his due because he wears he's the enemy. A Liverpool shirt, yeah. He's a Liverpool shirt. Uh, because look. of his time at Chelsea as well, where he was pretty average. Oh, he's pants for us, mate. He was garbage. Um, There's always that. He, he, he's one for it, right? Because I kind of feel that what's happened with Mo because of being a system player. Um, Sadio Mane, sort of people were going, well, Mane's the better player. It's just because Mane presses. Yeah. I, 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 th- I think that that is literally what it boils down to. It, it's more of a, it, it's that uh, I would rather have Mo Salah in my team than Mane, I think. Um, Mane is really, really good. He's really um, good. He's but I, th- I, I, think, I think Salah has, um, I think he has a highest level. Yeah. When like it, I wouldn't put Mane goods, into tier two. Like he, he wouldn't be in that group. And no, I don't even I, know if he'd be the group below, to be honest. Question. Who is a better Premier League player, Mo Salah or David Silva? Because <laughs> David Silva is the other one where you're gonna go. I I rate David Silva beyond belief. I I really I I put him up there as a tier two. You would say in the pantheon of Premier League greats. Uh, I really really think David Silva is a fucking a genius little player. Um, it's, it's I know to, you know feel the same words. No, look, that's, that's that's not quite it. I just think that he's not as good as that. I got annoyed when people were like, yeah, he's top three midfielder in the Premier League era, and I'm like, are you fucking high? <laughs> like he's he's nowhere near that. Like he's not lacing Roy Keane's fucking what boots. What about the modern Premier League era than the last ten years? <laughs> when are you going to give me a cut off on that? Right, well, you got to give me years, well, in the, the last ten years. Last ten years. Fucking hell! I I, I mean. Midfield role has changed a lot in the last ten years, hasn't it? Right, you kind of that was towards the end of the Gerard Lampard skulls sort of area you're talking about there, and you fall into the. I mean, he's better than Fabregas, so 
Um, but I kind of feel like Torre was better than both of them. That and you know that's what I said at the time is that I think Yaya is probably the most disrespected player in the Premier League era. Um, who would who would I rather have out of the two? Oh, the thing is, it's hard to. It's, it's, it's difficult. It's, it's, that is really difficult because I can't. The problem for Salah is in the back of my mind is I saw what he did in a blue shirt when he wasn't in a system <laughs> that that he thrived in, and it was fucking gubbins. And I look at Silver and I go. Yeah, but if Silver came in, he'd be able to do what Fabregas was able to do. He can control the game, whereas I don't think Mo Salah yeah. can. But Mo Salah can come up with moments of inspirational genius and match-win yeah. moments, ultimately, which is something that we said yes. when we talked about Silver. He, ha- he doesn't have that in his lock. He doesn't have many match-real match moments, you know, something that you really do remember him by. It's difficult. I think that... I, I still think the stigma of Chelsea still is on Salah. I, I really do. And I think that's why people kind of probably disrespect them still yeah I can't. When, when Liverpool signed him I laughed heartily because I was like that guy's shit because um, yeah. it wasn't the, like he lit it up for Roma either no my, my, do you know my, my long abiding memory of Mo Salah is whenever I think of Mo Salah do you know what image pops into my head um, him Ramos. going off of his arm. Well, it's got to be Ramos. Yeah. A smiling Sergio Ramos <laughs> yeah, is what Sergio I think Ramos of. Involved. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but Mikey, that says a lot about us. Yeah. <laughs> it says a lot about us yeah. that we kind of, all these moments for Mo Salah and we're like, yeah, but the, the moment was Sergio Ramos. Um, yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? Uh, I'll push you for an answer so we can move on. Yeah. I'm pushing you for an answer, you know. Are you putting Salah on what? or David Silva? Silver, uh, in Chelsea's team, I'd take David Silva. In terms of who's a greater Premier League player in the last 10 years, uh, Mo Salah. So he's sat on the fence here, essentially, is what you've done. A little, like I said, I, I, feel, I feel with Mo Salah is that the stink can't get off him until, until we go somewhere that. else. And, and, you know, it's difficult. If he goes to Madrid and he lights it up, but I could also see him going to Madrid and being Chelsea Mo Salah. Uh, you know what I mean? or, or Madrid Eden Hazard. <laughs> yes, yes, basically. You know, <laughs> That's like... a better comparison. But, um, all right, well, yeah, let's, let's move on. Oh, who would I have out of the two of those? Yeah, I mean, we'll ultimately, be all day. I'm we'll, not we'll sitting on that. <laughs> uh, let's, let's move on. Um, let's do some predictions. At the beginning of the show, or before we started... The boys have uh, had, I won't say heated words with me, but they've had words of frustration. We called out your shit, Lee. Basically, we called out your shit. The fact that you're lazy, exactly. mate. They want me to start writing down fixtures or predictions, even though Michael wrote down those predictions and then never delivered the results. <laughs> so, nevertheless, let's do some predictions, and I'm not going to write them down, but I'm going to have to listen back to the pod and then write them down, and as of this moment, we'll be doing predictions again. So, for the fantasy football lovers, we do have a game on, on Friday night. It's Leeds-West Ham. Give me some predictions. Um, it's bounce-back games for both of them, isn't it? I think um, Leeds is really difficult. Like I said, I said every week on here, they're the most entertaining team to watch. They still are uh, because they will be high-intensity going forward and a potential car wreck at the back. Chelsea put up a ridiculous XG on them at the weekend. They probably could have scored six against them, uh, apart from Timo Werner. Um, Someone someone should check, someone should check basically if there's some dodgy betting going on there because some of that finishing, mate, was grim. Um, One particular one where he contrived to actually not put it in the goal when he was on on the goal line and it was going in anyway. Yeah, it was a bizarre moment. Um, 
I, it does worry Two me a bit. Well. Uh, talking about Chelsea when I'm going to be talking about Leeds. Um, like, but West Ham, West Ham will be looking back at that United game and be wondering how they've managed to end up with nothing. Um, whereabouts is the game? Is that, is that Leeds? I mean, West Ham have been in good form take- as well. To, they have been in really the good form. Game, they, they, as we said, you know, they could have probably been two or three up. Absolutely, and they'll, they'll have their moments against Leeds. They will, but I think that I think Leeds are just going to run them into the ground. I think it's going to be. A I high think that will be the draw. case. I'm going for a high scoring draw. Uh, I think, I think, I think uh, Leeds, I'm going high scoring draw team. Leeds need to start putting some points on the board a bit. They're, they're a little bit perilously close to Arsenal at the moment and getting sucked into a relegation scrap. Okay, so what you're calling it? You're calling it a Leeds then. I'm going to say Leeds. Okay. See, this is what you're going to have to... I'm having to write it down now, ain't I? Anyway, move on. Saturday, 12.30. We've got Midlands Derby. Wolves versus Villa. Villa didn't play mm, on, obviously, last week because of... Well, not because they had COVID. Villa. I, I'm, I'm going Villa. Wolves look done. No Jimenez, mate. Yeah, the loss of... Um... Uh, Raul Jimenez dude is, is the loss one. of Jimenez and the addition of Nelson Semedo this guy is fucking awful he's at fault for every single goal he's, he's, a, he's terrible he's literally got zero awareness you know you talk about your football manager analogy zero it's a fucking zero Just mate fucking zero mate get him he's awful yeah um, give, me, give me Villa as well um, an, an additional week's rest and Wolves in the, in the, in the bin okay fair enough I'll, I'll also join you because I think uh, West, uh, West Ham um, Villa have enjoyed the break, the week break. Um, speaking of breaks, Newcastle, if it goes ahead, three o'clock against West Brom. West Brom took a pasting against Crystal Palace. Fuck me, I hope it doesn't go ahead. <laughs> they were West Brom. Were West right Brom, well. Newcastle. What have we done to deserve well, this? Mentioning West Brom, Before- let's have a quick thoughts on the, on that penalty. The red the card. Red, oh, sorry, not the penalty. Yeah, the, uh, the red card to yeah. Pereira. I thought incredibly harsh. I don't. I don't I, see. I, I, I don't see a kick. I, I don't really? see the kick I, either. I see a kick. No, I didn't see it. No, the thing with uh, the Maguire one and even the Son one, you see a visible extension of the leg. I don't see it. I think it was a fucking laughable decision, to be honest. And it killed the game. It really it did. Because it, at that point, West Brom, I thought, was somewhat in the ascendancy. They were probably the better team up to that point. And going down to 10 men, they just completely capitulated. Um, when you land on your back like that, there's a natural compression of your legs to that, and then they'll, they'll do this. I think he. That's I think, all, that's I, all I, I think saw. He knew what he was doing. I did not see a, 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 a deliberate kick out. I think he's. A, I, I think, think he's he disguised fucking... it quite well because I don't think there's like he's done a full extension, but he knows he's having. He's I just having don't a little stab. I, I, I don't see it. I just don't see it. I thought it, I thought it was a piss poor decision. And I think I, it killed the game. I would do. So I, I can relate to that moment. <laughs> it's really, uh, I can relate. No, Dude, I, even I, if he, even if that even if he had intentionally kicked out a little bit, the fact that. They sent him off. The fact that that's a rule where you can get sent off for that, I think it's just fucking dog shit, mate. It's, 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 it's scandalous that that's football now. Pussifies football, but, to use a, a phrase. Yeah, I think... Um, yes. I, I don't, I, I'm not sure the game will go ahead for what it's worth. Yeah. Good. Who the fuck wants to watch that? Well, I'm, I'm going to put um, it down as a draw. So I'm going to take some predictions in case it does go ahead. But where's, the game taking, where's the game taking place? It's at Newcastle. Newcastle. Oh, it's at Newcastle. Yeah, draw. Draw. Know, all draws, and but yeah, I think you're right, Woods. I think because of COVID, they've not had long enough, um, and that obviously there's been new cases coming out since you know. Yeah, it's new cases, isn't it? That's, that's the problem. The, the case, it's, it's, I mean, it, he, he's the thing with this, right? And I don't know how you feel about it, um, and it's very difficult to do because it's not really fair. But at some point, like this is 
someone's fault, right? Someone's not followed guidelines. Someone's not behaved. Someone's not done what they should have been doing in this situation. And now it's causing a fixture uh, backlog because of Newcastle. Mm. Now, my feeling is at some point, someone has to take some pain and it should be Newcastle. But at the same time, you can't start going, right, here's three points for Villa and here's three points for West Brom because the team's obviously, especially at the back end of the table, uh, if you're a Sheffield United, um, you'll be like, are you fucking kidding me? Uh, like you're gifting three points because uh, a team can play. And it's, it's, I know it's a difficult one, but I, 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 there has to be some pain here. Like it's yeah, fucking... Into, in Mike Ashley's wallet. Yeah. yeah. You know what? It should, it yeah, should, it, they they should be fine. Then, does he? And then there's more mass unemployment in the country. So you're 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 basically correlating our discipline of teams that aren't following COVID protocol with putting people in into unemployment. Well, yeah, that's pretty much what I'm going to go with. <laughs> um, anyway, we'll move on because it's not going to go ahead as we said anyway. But we've got the the big one, probably the biggest game of the weekend, five thirty Saturday, Man United at home to Man City. I'm going to tell you this now: United are going to go out of the Champions League. Everyone's going to go, "Oh, Ollie's done." United are winning that game because <laughs> it's just this, isn't it? It just is, and he's got a good record, ain't he, over Pep? He has got he's got he's got a half decent record. I haven't been impressed with City at all. Uh, you can go, oh, City are back. They played Fulham at the weekend. They scored two goals early and then didn't proceed to do nothing else. Fulham are garbage. Yeah, cheers, right? Morris. Who, who, <laughs> who else? Who, they played the they played. Um, sorry, it was Burnley the week before. Who they always whip on, right? So I'm still not impressed. I'm still not seeing it from City at the moment, um, and I just kind of feel that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say United. I just, I, I can just see it because it's just the trend. I follow the trend. Okay, well, uh, Mike, what are you saying? Being your team, I'm going to guess you. I feel like the um, my my match report that I'll write after the game to you guys will end with, and then he turned the gun on himself. <laughs> so you're because we're going to win this game. And we're going to fucking scabby it as well by after yeah. going behind with some bollocks. Uh, it's just going to be just, yeah, well, I, I think we're going to win somehow. Okay. We're in agreement, see? Uh, I, for what it's worth, I'm going to stay, I'm going to go with City. I think City will actually get this one. What, what, what evidence you got on this? City playing well? I just want to go against you boys, basically. You know, being tactical. <laughs> I want to win this uh, predictions race. <laughs> because I'm doing it, there will actually be a table at the end of the season. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's literally mine, I think. <laughs> Oh no, no, no! I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realise this was the next game. Eight o'clock on a Saturday. You, you got Champions League this week. You have, haven't you? Oh uh, yeah, good. Oh fuck, it's us, you're isn't it? The kids aren't you? So it's Everton at home to Chelsea, but you're going to be playing the kids in the week anyway. So it doesn't matter. So this is fucking the boys this is are Chelsea. Playing, yeah. Last time we met you, we lost four nil. I wouldn't be surprised if it's something similar. Actually, I'm uh, genuinely yeah, would not be surprised at all. Chelsea's form is pretty good. Um, just I'm um, they're, they're drawing at the moment, but like I, I can't take anything away from it. It's a, it's a significantly different team that will play at the weekend. Um, they found a good rhythm uh, with with Giroud up front, and I think Chelsea will be too much for them. Yep, couldn't agree more. I agree. And so susceptible, so susceptible. And Chelsea yeah, and scoring it, goals at the moment, so it's just a rest. They do, and we don't like conceding them. It's a recipe for disaster. The only thing I can hope is that well. Dominic Calvert-Lewin continues to score goals, but yeah, I, don't, I just don't see it. Um, let's move on. Sunday, uh, 12, oh, there's a lot of games on Sunday. 12 o'clock, Southampton, Sheffield United. This is Southampton. Southampton. Yeah. 
I, Sheffield, that was such a huge moment for Sheffield United at the weekend. Good. Um, Fuck Sheffield ball, United. When that ball breaks, what is Egan doing? Foul him. Kick Foul him. him. Foul Fucking him. kick him. Tackle him. Do something. Don't just basically let him go. Are you kidding me? It's Jamie Vardy. He's definitely going to score. Right, you've got fuck all points this season. Fuck all. Take the red card. I couldn't believe what I saw. I could not fucking believe that that a professional footballer would do that. Incredible. Jesus. Well, uh, yeah, they're finished, mate. They are. And the thing is, is that I know you kind of go back to the stats. Stats say they're being hard done by this season. But the thing is, is that they've got a player in Ryan Brewster who they paid twenty three fucking million pounds for in the summer. Twenty three. Do you know why? This is this. And I, I came up with this. Right, the reason why Wilder's got it in for Kloppo is because of that fucking transfer. <laughs> He's been absolutely had. He paid twenty three million pounds because Kloppo was like, "This guy is mustard. You're going to love him. It'll bang your goals. It'll basically keep you up in the league." And he bought him in, and he's realised he's utter garbage. Um, and now that basically they've got this this animosity between the two of them. Love him. Born out of that transfer. Now they're, they're finished. Sheffield United are finished. And Southampton are a good team. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And they've got Ings back, crucially, as well. He scored. <laughs> um, all right, Palace-Spurs. Next one, two fifteen. Palace at home to Spurs. Palace, obviously, with the 5-1 win. Spurs, in a good run of form. Palace with easy E, mate. That, that guy's looking player, mate. Good quality, player. mate. I t- that front three, mate. Benteke. B-unit, mate. Uh-huh. When Benteke's, man. B-unit. When he gets on the score sheet, mate, you know, you know things are going well. And Zaha looks revitalised as well. Um, well Zaha plays, that's a difficult game. Well, they, they have a chance of winning. That's a difficult mm. game for Tottenham, right? These are the games that where Jose's football becomes problematic, right? Because yeah. Palace are going to go have the fucking ball because our tactic is going to be counter-attack too. And Palace are not going to be above taking a nil-nil there. That's the no. key thing as well. That's the difference. So I, I think that um, I think it's a nil-nil draw. I, I think that maybe a stalemate. I, I think Spurs. I think Spurs one nil. You're going to go Kane yeah. quality. I think. I think Kane. Yeah, I've got. Uh... Will, will Kane murder another player this weekend with his new tactic of just annihilating people in the air? <laughs> dude, I, new... dude I, look, I will say this is literally the only tactic I ever had on a football pitch because I could never. I, I'm terrible in the air. Like, just... I imagine there was a difference though because I imagine that what you didn't do. I imagine that you stood your ground, right? What Coward he does slightly. Yeah, what he does, he looks and then starts walking back into them as I, yeah. as I move away from the microphone and people probably wonder what I was saying. But it's, it's the new Shearer Elbow, Lee. I saw you having a little debate actually on Twitter. With, uh, I did, and, it, and you know what? It, and it was a debate. It was a nice debate It didn't as well. end up in... Yeah. It was, because like, I do want to make it clear. I think Harry Kane's fucking fantastic. I really do. As a footballer and as a, as a person, I think he's a fantastic... Uh, example for kids to follow I just think that he can cut this shit out of his game and still be an elite level footballer we don't need it it's dangerous officials need to pick up on it I don't really understand how they're not because it is endangering uh, an opponent right so it's an equivalent of it's the new it's the new getting fouled after having a shot didn't happen it's bizarre to me because, like, you see some of the tumbles these players are taking. What's it going to take? A player to dislocate a shoulder? Break well, an arm? This is what I was saying about Shearer. Concussion? Neck, exactly what I was saying about Shearer. Yeah. How many fucking jaws and cheekbones has he broken in his time? And you're going, oh, he's the best player ever. Now, yeah. now hang on, right? That never happened, Oh, Lee. come on, that's just a little bit of bait. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> We're all going to Liverpool for the next one. I mean the elbows, mate. 
<laughs> Fulham at home to Liverpool, four thirty. We all know this is surely a drubbing. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll yeah. Liverpool. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Next. <laughs> so here's a. They're fine. They're, they're, uh, annoyingly, you know, because we kind of look at the table at the moment and go, oh. It's going to be a really good season because the Liverpool's injuries, they sort of come back towards the pack and then Liverpool go and do what they did to Wolves and they're going to start going on a run and they're going to be gapping everyone by the time we get to the new year and everyone's going to go, uh, well, fight for seconds, fun. <laughs> Hooray. Well, well, it won't be Arsenal fighting for second and they've got the uh, the relegation battle or six-pointer against um, Burnley on 7.15 on Sunday. Nil, nil, mate. Burnley don't score unless it's a jammy golden Arsenal. They ain't scoring. Nil, 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 nil. Burnley are set up to it. defend crosses into the box. <laughs> this is this is it. <laughs> this is how they play. <laughs> okay, boys. Today, all we just focus on defending them crosses, heading it away. Yeah, this is going to be a stalemate. Nil, nil. Arsenal. Arteta will take the point. Uh, another point towards safety. Okay. Well, I'm actually I'm going to give Arsenal a win, just just because I love Arteta. <laughs> And also, we should mention uh, Arsenal fan TV. Oh, of course, he's ex-Everton, isn't of course, he? Yeah, but at the same time, if, yeah. if, uh, if Arsenal do lose this one, or even if they draw, Arsenal fan TV is just... Oh, it's been good, hasn't so it? Good. D- DT's, DT's little kind of stomp at the weekend, just stamping on the chair. <laughs> it's the, that's a Michael Jackson music that slayed me. I was done. <laughs> Is it Lee? Lee, the, the saving guy. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I genuinely worry. Guy, right? I really worry about their families. I really do. He's had a couple of stellars because, mate, like, and you know, you know, you're in that, trouble. That, with yeah, that that guy's seething about everything. Like he has a, <laughs> just a normal conversation. He's seething, bastard. Seething. He's his his mouth kind of goes over here somewhere, doesn't it? He's it does. Like, it's when, last last week when they lost, and Ty was like. Um, Oh, he got a chance against Tottenham, and he just fucking flipped out at him, seething, seething. He it was, was right, like, tight. It, it was right. Of course, it was right. Ty, but you know, Ty is going to be that guy, right? Ty is like the the anti Lee Collard. He's overly <laughs> optimistic versus overly pessimistic. Like it, that, it that's him view, just though, raging at Ty. Just literally, just, it's just poking. Oh, it's, oh. it's Robbie's just sitting between them, just counting the pound notes rolling in mate it's that video isn't it of um of it goes to goes to robbie and he's just kind of daydreaming and then he's thinking of like a, a new bugatti veyron <laughs> yeah. and then he just kind of goes <laughs> 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 it's the best video man but yeah i mean ah uh, they, they keep it's, on it's good it's good viewing mate it's good viewing i was i was concerned for a moment that they they might become an actual football team again um and that we'd lose this uh, but fortunately, for, for, for I, the- I absolutely love it. I'm, a, I, I'm not ashamed to say I'm addicted to it. I, I love it's must watching be. You have them. To watch an it's, 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 yeah, that's that's the best one. Me and Lee used to do that. Is literally put the Arsenal game on, get YouTube up live of their live stream, and just have them as the commentary. Oh, it's just oh, it's perfect. It's so so good. It's just tie with his yellow cards. He wants everyone booked. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? It's so funny, man. It's just oh, well, it's re- I love the it. thing that I can't love quite. It. Because the, 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 the thing is, as well, it, what really surprises me, in a way, is that they're grown men. Like they, it's not like they're like um, early twenties kind of like football means more than it should do. They're like D, DT. Like he's a forty-year-old man, child. <laughs> yes, forty-year-old man, child. It's 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 just like you kind of when you sit there and go, oh, why is he so upset about this? With his, uh, with but, his behave cap. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, it's the best. It's the best thing on the on YouTube, and it's by a distance. Mm. 
brilliant. Look, credit Robbie. He's he's created a monster. Arsenal fan TV is bigger than Arsenal at this point. <laughs> Probably scored more goals as well. Um, My favourite thing about Arsenal fan TV is when they do... It's like when they do proper, like player interviews after the games and they'll interview Ty and it'll start off with Black Lives Matter and it's just like what are you doing? Like it's, and it's like he's the, he played or something. He, he's quality though like he, he kills me like genuinely he kills me just because I, it's just what, like the full Arsenal gear. Like oh the, the headphones the water bottle the, 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 the tracksuit top, the scarf in the Him winter. Him and Robbie are, are wonderful because there's a, there's a genuine innocence to Ty and a yeah. genuine disillusionment with Robbie when Ty starts talking. It's just brilliant. <laughs> Let's wrap up predictions. Um, yeah, yeah. Leicester Brighton, last game. Oh, Leicester. Yeah, disappointment for Brighton, wasn't it, against Southampton? Um, yeah, Leicester. Was controversial, weren't it, on the penalty? Hmm. I don't know. What are you saying, Leicester? Yeah, yeah, yeah Leicester. Yeah, they're, they're in good form. They 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 sneaky having a, another really strong season, aren't they? Uh, they're right there. I think are they headed Chelsea at the moment? I think they might I be. Just, I don't see it with Leicester myself. Um, they are them. no Leicester are fourth, Chelsea are third, Southampton okay. are fifth, Man United sixth. Fucking hell, Southampton right up there. See, I feel, I feel Southampton are better than Leicester, but like I said, yeah. I'm not I'm off Leicester. Leicester are exactly this, probably the same as what they were last year. I haven't actually looked at the numbers, but um, you know, the XG doesn't lie over a season, which is why Spurs fans should be acknowledging that XG as a legitimate stat. Um, and it does play out. Hit me up with some winners and chumps. Okay. Uh, my winner this week is, um, is football. Why, why? Because fans were allowed back. Yeah. All True, big point, man. No, mate, it makes a difference, dude. It makes yeah, a difference. Nice the, 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 I was so good, mate. The could, genuine, a... the genuine reaction when a goal goes in, and it's instant, and it's actually genuine. It's not like the goal goes in, then it's like button press. You know, it's actual emotion. You can see players celebrating to fans. You can see, um, like in the West Ham United game, the. Um, the there was a moment where Bowen got the ball on like the edge of the box kind of thing. And you could see the the fans that were standing up. They were looking like it's and it's like it creates such an inta- like a tangible sense you of excitement. Sense the, the anticipation. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I did right? see some absolutely bizarre comments from Spurs and Arsenal fans before the derby, where there was one fucking clown goes, "I'd rather I'd rather be here if my ticket here today than win fifteen million quid on the lottery." And it's like, well, you're a fucking moron. <laughs> aren't you, I mean, so? I'd definitely sell my ticket for fifteen million pounds. You know what I mean? Like you, like, you literally. But, the, but this is the thing. This is what we forget. What you see is that you know, the likes of D, the, the the DTs of the world. There's many of them. You're saying there's that we ma- could make more Arsenal fan TV. No, but they're, they're across all all clubs in the land, there's many many people like this who are grown men who literally have the the thought capacity of oh, football beers. Woo, that's it. That's all they fucking care about. And it's yeah, I mean, fair enough. But it's I feel like, for their wives. This is it, man. They're poor. They're poor wives. They're poor children. Horrible, neglected families. They 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 sit in there. Their wives sit there, sweating. Looking at the basically watching soccer Saturday in the knowledge that if their team loses, Saturday night is going to be a fucking disaster. <laughs> oh, wow, wow, wow. 
I thought you were going to go down some domestic abuse. I'm not going to go that way, mate. Uh, uh, I'm steering clear of that. You're you're Um, walking down, you're treading that path ever so lightly (laughs) with the Steven guy in his cellar. But anyway... no, my winner, my winner is is football because fans coming back. It makes it's Whoops. nice. Uh, Frank Lampard, shove that up your bollocks, huh? Yeah, Leeds fans giving it all. Stop crying, Frank Lampard. There's a bit. Look, in, in all seriousness, like Frank Lampard's had a good week. Four 0 against Sevilla uh, was no joke. Exceptional performance. And then, um, you know, Leeds. I, I said on the pod last week he would have had that circled immediately because it did matter more because of the. Um, I guess you could call it relationship between him and Bielsa the relationship between him and the, and the Leeds fans it was a game that he would have wanted to win intently they went behind but the performance after that was exceptional um, so yeah Frank Lampard for me get over it Jesus couple of oh, wow. the, the, uh, the Paris Saint-Germain game has been suspended over alleged racism yeah after I, I an official, uh, official was accused of racist language an official yeah, I, I, so I, was, I could see it kicking off. I couldn't see what was happening. And one of the, the guys on the bench was going mental, then got sent off by the referee, and then it all went fucking apoplectic on the touchline. Like, then Babar was going off at the referee, and the manager took the players off. And then everyone, everyone's gone off. I, I haven't been able to see quite what else has happened other than the fact that United are now 3-0 down. Um, so good, you know. This is look out, Pep Guardiola, because it's coming. Um, who's your winner, Lee? Um, I've gone with Jose, just because it's three games in a row now where I expected them to lose, yeah. and they've come away with seven points. I think it's fair play, a bit, and he's just doing classic Jose. I mean, we went. I mean, but Jose, he said oh, it on the documentary. Know, his name is Jose. Jose. Like, he's so annoying. Whatever. <laughs> Fucking Mourinho. That's his name. Well, well I, all right, he's not my kid. <laughs> Your name's Michael. Michal. Maybe we call you Michal from now on. But we've already said it's Mikel. While he's out in Spain. Well, either way, that's that's my winner. I'm not happy now. Fuck off. So, so you just, Jose? Who's this, this Spanish Jose person that, that's the one? That's who, that's who my winner is, yeah? It's Jose. Chumps. Yeah, no, look, seven points from, from City, Chelsea and Arsenal is... He, he could, he, I, I'm sure he couldn't have wanted more. Right, I'm sure. He, of course, he would have wanted. The, I the generally three thought points this is where they were going to start well, to slide, and they haven't done yet. I think a lot of people looked at it and said that, uh, but that, that will start happening against Palace this weekend. Um, so, wishful thinking from you. Uh, hit me on some chumps. Um, Millwall. No. Yeah. Cole United. <sighs> not, not the. I don't want. I want to make a point. Not the clubs, right? The it's fans. the fucking fans. The fans that obviously did get the to fucking... a 10. So, Mikey, obviously, you're loud and the fans that are back in the ground. And then the, some of the idiots that do get to go just do that. Yeah. Eight, was it been nine months since they've been to a football match? First thing we're going to do. I mean. I bet, first I thing we're going to do is boo. I bet they were like, and, oh, and... I'm, I'm definitely protesting. That's the reason why I'm going. I'm going to protest about this fucking Black Lives Matter movement. Taking the knee. It's Marxist. It's Marxist. What, what do you mean it's Marxist? And ultimately, like, because... There is an element that people um, feel uncomfortable about some of the things, whatever your viewpoint is. That's why Sky have gone. It's basically an anti-racism message. They've moved away from it being the Black Lives Matter message, regardless of how you feel about that. It's anti-racism. That's what the fucking thing is. Jesus. You'll never be able to drum it into people. as simple as that. People are just thick as shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. But um, credit Cole United for basically saying, um, yeah, uh, fuck off. Don't come back. 
we'll give you your money to not come back. Mm, and I think it was interesting as well, the Millwall fans, uh, well, not sorry, fans, yeah, the Millwall players are going to join with uh, QPR, who have actually not been doing it because of Les Ferdinand, who's, in terms of taking the knee, yeah. he uh, felt it was like being watered down. I, I so. And I appreciate where his stance yeah. is on it, because I think there is an element that, that taking this knee is fine, but action, please. Because yeah. it seems that there's an... I've, I, this is kind of where I feel. I'm like, it's all fine taking the knee and making this point. Where the fuck is the action towards what we're trying to do here? Where is the action? And I, I think that's where Les was coming from. I, I think I read that they were applauding the players tonight for taking a knee at Millwall. Yeah, I think that that's what I've read. So, Mikey? Uh, my loser of the week is Matt Hancock for his crocodile tears this morning. <laughs> that was shameful, me. Shameful shit. Because, mm-hmm. like, what happened? They told him William Shakespeare was the first man to have it, and he laughed, and then realised, oh, fuck. I'm laughing. I'm going to have to now get out of this by saying I was crying. And no, no one fucking bought it. Because the, the reason why no one bought it is Tories don't fucking cry because they've got no fucking soul. The only time they, a Tory they lack, cries... They have no empathy whatsoever. Exactly. The only time they cry is when they lose their fucking job. May only cried when she was booted, right? That was the only time we saw emotion from her. Same with fucking Cameron. Same with a fucking lot of them. Fucking crying on TV. Bullshit. No one was... I can't believe anyone was buying it. <laughs> Jesus, no one's Tory, buying mate, it. Are the Tories, they? The, of course, mate. Tory followers will love that. They'll be like, oh, you know. They'll, they'll, they'll try and see past it. They'll just stick up for him. Man, man of the people, Matt Hancock. Exactly. But, uh, but by the way, Juve are 4-0 up at Barcelona. <laughs> Cumin, mate. Say it again. Say it before. Anyway... Um, um, well, mine is. Well, I was also toying with Millwall fans and slash Car United fans, and then also Hector Bellerin, just because he can't take a fucking throw in, which is one of the most basic, <laughs> basic things in football. I mean, we we call it football because you know you, you you play with your foot, so I can appreciate that you don't use your hands as much. But literally, taking a throw in is something that you're taught. Like you know, as soon as you start playing football, how to take a throw in. So the fact that you can't do it, and he's he's done five or whatever it is, you know. It, he accounts for 31% of all foul throws this season. You know, I'm, I'm a big... This is one, one of my big things. I fucking hate foul throws. Um, and when it gets called out, great. And if it's Hector Bellerin, you know, if you're being call, called out once or twice, if you're that embarrassed, just fucking go to the training ground and say, can someone teach me how to take a throw, please? Because it's, it's embarrassing for a professional footballer. There's YouTube instructional videos. Do it in your back garden. <laughs> yeah, do that then. So, yeah. I remember I, I'd had a Gary Lineker soccer skills book as a kid. It taught me how to do throwings in that. Maybe, maybe, um, so, maybe yeah. reach out to Hector on on. Maybe on I should re- reach out to Hector. Hector, I've got a book. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a book. Gary Lineker's book. Um, I I I, I, I kind of get where your point is. I, I think his crossing is more criminal. <laughs> <laughs> but the more practice you'll get at doing that, you know, surely you might get better. Do the maths, Woods. Do the maths. All right. Eventually, they'll score a goal like this, and he'll be vindicated. I tell you what, they're going to score a goal at the weekend in a one-all draw with Burnley and he's going to come out in front of the cameras and tell him it worked. <laughs> We've been threatening to do that. We've been threatening to do it, I told you. <laughs> 42 crosses we had, one successful, but it mattered. Look. That's a sneak preview for next week then, isn't it? Um, anyway, should we, should we look to wrap it up? Because one is very hungry over here, having not eaten before the, the pod started. So I need to go and fill my belly. Yes. No, that's fine. Good. In that yeah. case, then um, we'll start to, you know, say our platforms for where you can actually listen to this. Yeah, you can find us on Podbean. Oh, Michael looks stumped now. He's like, "Oh shit, Podbean with Michael." 
Stitcher. Oh, he's, he's got a new oh. one. Stitcher. Stitcher. I, I think you can anyway. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> um, iTunes. Spotify. We're there. And as my, uh, Woody alluded to earlier, he's always active on, um, on Twitter, sometimes for a harsh debate, sometimes for a nice friendly debate. So tweet him up. I try not to be harsh. I don't, I, I, I don't want to be that guy. Well, some, as, as long as you're respectful backwards, I'm not going to be a dickhead back to you, basically. <laughs> and also, I'm not going to be one of these people that pulls out just meaningless stats to kind of go, this player's better than this player. Sometimes your strong opinion can come across like that. Yes. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Just, yes. Yes, yes, it can. Yes, I'm aware. In that case, then let's start saying our goodbyes and we will be back next week. So, goodbye from me. Arriva Dirty. Hashtag Ollie in. <laughs> oh, fucking hell, man. Ollie in. Goodbye. Ollie in. Yeah? Goodbye. You're not even getting an Hasta la West or whatever it is. <laughs> Hasta la West. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I've been trying to say it quicker when I leave supermarkets because obviously, you know, you say, uh, let's go. That's, yeah? that's, that's kind that's of how quick people say it. That's the word like, that you say. Yeah. Wow. Dude, people speak really fucking quickly here. It's hard to make things out. So I know, but I know the end of things. You just kind of go, oh, go. That noise in. There you go. 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 Dude, in one year's time, man, I'm going to be getting on this show, mate, and I'm going to be Throwing some Spanish at you, yeah? You're going to be, you're going to be mad in Fro- Throwing Spanish abuse, abusive words about Ollie Solskjaer still being in charge oh, of Old Trafford. <laughs> it's true. He's a pero, yeah? He's a survivor, mate, is what he is. Oh, fucking hell. Like, get, like, done, I'm done. Goodbye, everyone. Okay, goodbye. goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.